0: Temptation is to often forget his second coming. I think that's even true in the visible church, lots of churches. But it is very, very important that we remember that Jesus is going to come back. He's going to come a second time. And of course, him coming a first time makes sense actually only in the light of his coming a second time. Because he's not just coming to set us an example about how to live, but in his first coming to save us from what's going to happen at his second coming. But I want us to to learn, as we look at those passages from Matthew 24, about things that we can learn. And the first thing is, if you could grab your Bible and have it open at page 994... Page 994, grab a Bible, and we're just going to go through this and pick up some points about the second coming, the return of Jesus, page 994. And the first thing I want to say is that it is certain, it is certain that Jesus is going to come back. But look at this, I'm going to read, but what about that verse 36? But what about that day or hour? No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So Jesus is absolutely clear that the Son of Man, that is him, that he will come back and he likens it to Noah. And the great thing is, from the Bible we know that everything that is said about Noah happened That God said that there would be a judgment through a flood which would be a judgment on the world and it happened now I could pick out loads of other places you know if you just look on to verse 42 therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come he will come and the great thing about God's word is that God keeps his promises. God said that there would be a judgment in Noah's day, and Noah trusted God and built the ark, and it happened. And we could go to loads and loads of places. We have got so much evidence here that God keeps his promises. And of course, supremely in sending Jesus, he came a first time. And all the promises he makes, we can trust. So the first thing that we do know is that the return of Jesus, his second coming, is certain. Secondly, uh, well, so if you think of future events, sorry, this is a really important point. This has got some of my best illustrations, all right? You're preparing for Christmas because you know it's coming. To know the future means you can be wise and be ready now by preparing, A baby. Now, I, th- I know that we've got one woman pregnant in this congregation. All right? Sophie. All right? How are you being... Let me just ask. Are you sure the baby's coming? <laughs> if you could see, I mean, I don't want to get to stand up, Sophie, but you look pretty pregnant, all right? The there's a, there's a, baby's coming. All right? So how are you ready? The paddling pool. So you're not going to hospital. Uh, Hopefully not. Hopefully not, all right. Okay, anything else? How are you ready? Uh, Do some cooking. Jamie, how are you ready? You see, we're ready. The baby is definitely coming and they've made preparations. They're ready, okay? Okay. And um, I did ask if, if Sophie could help in, the, in this talk, but if she was to go into labour, that would be brilliant. But don't. <laughs> no, please don't. Please don't. OK. But you get my point. A future event, we know how to be ready now. Sorry, uh, in the present, all right? Here's, here's some other. Look. An exam or a test. Who's got exams or tests coming in the future? Hands up. Yeah, look. The wise person prepares now for those tests in the future. They work hard. They're ready when the exam or test comes. They're doing the right thing. Here's another one. A catch at cricket. Now, I thought we could do this this morning because when you play in a cricket match, you know that you're going to get a catch, all right? And I thought we could play cricket this morning, all right? Now, we've got a whole row of crispins here. Actually, we'll keep you there because there's no obstructions. And you're going to act as the slip cordon, all right? You're going to act as the slip cordon, all right? Okay. And uh, we need some other outfielders, all right? So, all right, Esther, you can be an outfielder. Are you ready? Just stay there, all right? And uh, Pete ask you, oh, look... Yeah, we've got some right at the back, okay? So, and in a cricket match, you've got to be ready. Paul Hancock, you're a member of the cricket club, so you'd be ready as well, all right? You've got to be ready, but you don't know when the catch is coming, do you? But you've got to be ready all through the match. Now, I've always, no, I want you right at the back. No, you're right in the boundary, all right? So about there, okay? So, okay, you've got to be ready, all right, ready? Oh, no! All right, ready. Are you ready? You see? Now, I've I've fielded in slips all my life, and as I get older, I get more and more distracted. I look at the trees, and I think, what's going to be there for tea? And then suddenly the ball hits me. And last season, I actually caught one in my armpit. (laughs) I was so slow. But you ready? Okay? Good, all right? You ready? Okay? Are we ready? Could be a long time before a catch comes. You see? Good. You see, I'm getting old. I can't see. You're already, Dave. Very well done. Yay. Okay. So, all right, and uh, let me just say, you've got to be ready right the way through this talk. (laughs) JB, one could cut. No, seriously. Are we ready? And are we ready for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? You know a catch is coming. You know the Lord Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? OK, you ready, JB? Ah, oh, good, all right. Good, OK. So are we ready. I've got to keep uh, doing that. Where's my Bible? Good, there. I was going to have a couple of tennis balls ready. See, you're all... Yes, all... No, you're all ready, you see. You're all ready, OK. OK, let's think of the next... So it's unknown. Ah, see what Jesus says. Verse 36 and verse 42. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Verse 42. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know what day your Lord will come. He will come, but we don't know when that will be. So, don't waste time trying to work it out. Uh, David, last week, told us not to Google Armageddon because one of the things that uh, people will try to do is to tell you when that is going to happen. And um, Jesus says here that not only he, he the son doesn't know. So don't waste time trying speculating because nearly always people who do that don't actually get on with what they should be doing. They become preoccupied with the wrong things. I love this story. In 1993, a man placed a 10,000 bet at 1,000 to 1 odds if the Archbishop of Canterbury confirmed the return of Jesus in the year 2000. (laughs) And um, George Carey was the Archbishop then, and I loved his quote. I doubt if the bookies will be open on the day Jesus returns. And uh, the archbishop uh, got that right. So don't waste time speculating. These are the last days. They have been the last days since Jesus ascended into heaven and until he returns. Thirdly, the return of Jesus divides. Look at the... uh, Jesus uses the story of Noah and says this. Let's just read... From verse 38, for in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And look at this. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and one the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. One was ready, one wasn't. We need to be ready. And it it, it is all the way through this teaching, Matthew 24 25, there is a division that goes on. If you read every single parable around here, there is a division, there's a division at the end as well, as we'll see. And of course, it's those who are lost and saved. Everybody starts as lost in this world because we're all sinners, but through the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be saved through his sin bearing death on the cross. Are you ready by trusting Jesus as your Saviour from the judgment to come? You see, are you ready? Well done, Ben. Are you ready? And the first thing is, are you ready? Are you trusting Jesus Christ as your saviour? That is the only way that we can be saved from the judgment to come when Jesus, uh, Jesus returns. And then lastly, it's unexpected and sudden. Verse 43 and 44. David's already picked this up, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. It's a brilliant illustration, isn't it? Now, we are all ready, aren't we? Hopefully, for the thief to come, because we lock our doors. But it will be something unexpected if the thief does come. When when we moved to Buxton many, many years ago, We were told by a senior police officer that there was very little crime in Buxton. (laughs) And then Temple Road was burgled all the way from the bottom, all the way up to our house. And they stopped with our neighbours. So he was right for us, but sadly not for the rest of Temple Road. But of course we're ready. If you knew the thief was coming tonight, you'd lock up very carefully and you'd grab a cricket bat. Maybe not. But that's the point. It's sudden, all right, and unexpected. You see? Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? Good catch. Good, you see? I've still got some eyes. Okay. It'll be sudden, unexpected. I mean, we know it in the sense Jesus is coming, but it might be tomorrow. Are you ready for the return of Jesus? Ah, now, the teachers in our congregation here, our, our church here, need to forgive me. But when I started teaching, you could still leave a class, all right? You could leave a class and go and do something else, all right? And actually, I haven't got the right to reference here. Well, actually, it'll work here, but you used to be able to leave a class. You would not do that now. You know, you had to get some extra photocopying or something. And you'd say to the class, look, I want you to get on with exercise 2A. All right? And then, you know, I'll be away five minutes getting the photocopying (laughs) done. And of course, what would happen is that when you came back, there would be chaos. You see, there'd be all kinds. Are you ready, Monty? All right? Yes, poor shot. Are you ready? I want some to throw back at you, all right? And this would be the kind of thing that's going on, you see. Oh, no. Monty, you've got a whole supply down there. I gave you it beforehand, you see. And it would be like this, in the class, you know. And uh, there'd be be absolute mayhem. But over here would be the geeks. (laughs) Not the geeks. The hard-working, studious people—boys and girls—who would be getting on working—and I used to love to go down and then <laughs> look in the window to see what was happening. You know, and there would be anarchy going on, right? Now, there's all kinds of things you can say from that. You know, I said I'd be five minutes. I'd be longer. Be anarchy. This doesn't happen now, does it, Heather? Never. Never. (laughs) But just look on to the next story, because this is it. Let's read it. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, verse 45, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household, given the food at the proper time? There's been a responsibility given to somebody. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you who put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time and then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards or to create mayhem in the classroom. The master of that servant will come on the day when he does not expect him. And at an hour when he's not aware of, he will cut into pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now you get the picture. Somebody's been given something to do, a responsibility, maybe even in charge. And Jesus, of course, in particular has, when he tells that story, are those religious people who should know above all what they should be doing in the service of Jesus and what they've been given responsibility for. So this story, sorry, I've got the reference wrong there, it's 45 onwards, is how to be ready. There it is. And the way, you see, it's not just that we're to be ready, but this is how to be ready, you see? I can say, are you ready? All right? I can say, are you ready? Well done. Okay? Are you ready? But how? And Jesus tells his story that we're to be serving faithfully and wisely. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? How? We're to be wise and faithful servants. Let me tell you a sad story. I got the first one of these uh, a week ago. The Christmas Letter. And it's great. I mean, we love receiving them. We don't send one out ourselves. And it's full of news, isn't it, about what we've been doing the last year, how the children are doing, how the grandchildren are doing. This one is from an old school friend of mine. And this old school friend of mine, when, he became a, when I became a Christian, he was already a Christian, he said to me, why don't we get together on a Sunday afternoon and study the scriptures together and then go to church? And for two years, we did search the scriptures. The older folk here will remember search the scriptures. And every Sunday, we would search the scriptures. And then we went off our different ways. And the saddest thing now is I can find nothing spiritual in his Christmas letter. And that's been the same for 20 years or more. I'm still in contact with him. Who then is the wise and faithful servant? The wise and faithful servant is the person who's getting on serving wisely and faithfully let's just think about that this is all in the context this teaching where Jesus says in chapter 24 verse 14 the gospel of all nations, of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come that's what this all this teaching is there for and it's building up to 28 chapter 28 at the end Go and make disciples, because all authority has been given to Jesus. So, are we ready? Are we serving faithfully and wisely? Let me ask you, are we serving faithfully and wisely in our prayer life? And I I think by that, are we praying for the gospel to go out and for disciples to be made? That's what, we, what we're doing here in church, isn't it? We're making disciples of each other. We're seeking to build one another up in Christ. And all that we do. Are we praying for the gospel to go? If you just examine your prayer life, are you praying for the gospel to go out in this town? It seems to me the wise and faithful servant will be doing that because that is, the, I think, the primary application from being ready. And think of different areas of life. Serving faithfully and wisely with the gospel and seeking to make disciples in all of life. So with our money, at work, at school, with the sport that we play. In our home life, in our retirement or in our work. You see, being ready means that tomorrow morning at nine o'clock... We will do all that we'll do exactly what the Lord wants us to do. That will be very different. Monty will be at school. Others will be at work. Some here will be retired doing good works. We'll be doing those things. Let me say, if the Lord Jesus returns this week, will he find you doing what you ought to be doing? But actually, it's much more than that. Are you serving faithfully and wisely? with the gospel, seeking to make disciples. See, it's not just that the Lord has led you to a job or to a house. He's led you to colleagues and to neighbours. That's the responsibility we have. There's lots to do to be ready for Christmas. Just think of the hours that will go in this Christmas. The hours that will go into getting ready for Christmas. How can we as a church be ready to remember the first coming of Jesus as a little baby boy to save the world, go to the cross and die and rise again? Are we ready for the Jesus return by being faithful and wise servants this Christmas with the gospel? What could we do? I still think that the invite to the carol service is the easiest invite there is. I think people still want to sing some carols. I think. So let's make the most of it. Could we all invite one person, new, to a carol service? Or maybe three to three different carol services? See, think of the amount of time you'll be ready, getting ready for Christmas. Could you do that? Oops. So there's our Christmas invite. There are lots at the back. And there's our Trinity 150, our brilliant Trinity 150 booklet. We've got some more printed. Wouldn't it be great? Sorry, this hasn't come up as well as I, as I wanted, but there you are. And um, I've coloured in lots of roads that we've delivered to and uh, we're going to be doing some carol singing and we're going to be delivering the Hope 150 uh, uh, and the Christmas invite to some more roads. We're going to um, do the Sherwood, uh, where's the Sherwood Estate? Is that, no, is that it? Yes. No, there. That's the Sherwood Estate there. And look, our missionaries in Fairfield, John and Katie, have delivered to two roads. Thank you. But look at all this area. We're going to do some carol singing there, aren't we? All right. There. Could we deliver to more? And there are roads here which we haven't delivered to. You know, some people have delivered to half their roads. Could you deliver to the other half with a Trinity 150 booklet and a carol service invite? That's just delivering, isn't it? Just delivering. I mean, if you could do more, that would be great, but just delivering. might take an hour to do another road. If somebody was willing to do St John's Road... That'd be excellent, right? But at the back there is a list of just what can I do? I'm going to spend this amount of time getting ready for Christmas. Could I do this for an hour, two hours? Could I invite so and so personally? Let's pray. Father God, thank you that we can be sure that your son Jesus will return. Please help us not to waste time by speculating about the end times, but to be gospel people, to be ready to speak and to live as you want. Father, help us tomorrow to be getting on with our normal lives, but to to live as Jesus wants. And to be ready to speak. Father, please give us opportunities. Father, most people still want to celebrate Christmas. It has the name of your son. So please give us courage and help us to invite people to our carol services. And we long as that booklet goes out to more people just to raise the profile. Here is a church that is alive and cares. Please give us opportunities, we pray, with friends, with family. Father, with people just that we know. The person who maybe we meet in the coffee shop or who sells us produce. Please help us this Christmas to be wise and faithful servants. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.